Hi, and welcome to episode 44 of K-12 Tech Talk. In this episode, we talk about the process that students can take to request that a website be unblocked. We talk about vulnerabilities in Nagios and VMware that were recently publicized and patches that need to be applied. We also talk about visitor management systems, and Chris has the bright idea to start charging via OnlyFans to watch our live stream. Have a listen. This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. With Chris, Josh, and Corey. The podcast by K-12 Techs. For K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is K-12 Tech Talk, episode 44. To my left is Chris, underneath me is Corey, and I am Josh. How are you guys doing? Better than Corey. Yeah, Corey. (laughs) Yeah, I'm underneath Josh. No, you had, uh, (laughs) your dinner's giving you some problems, I hear. Tacos, man. Tacos. That's pretty quick. So how's it been? It's been a it's been a busy week here. Has it been busy for you guys? Good story. Good story. Um, so we started the off. Listen, started- I'm struggling. I'm struggling at the moment. I'm like sweating. I don't. Something something's going wrong here. Well, if you, you remember ready, that time, was that morning at conference when you drank like way too many Red Bulls and then your Apple Watch kept going off? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was Red Bulls. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was Red Bulls. Though I think. Yeah, yeah. But your Apple Watch was like. Yeah. What did it say? Was it your blood pressure? No, so, it was his pulse. It was like oh, yeah, your pulse. So the health, he was sitting down. The health app you can set like thresholds where your watch will alert you if your blood if your heart rate's too low or high. And my threshold was 120 beats a minute, and I was getting alerts because I was like I was like in the 130s, just sitting on the floor. Yeah, like I felt like I was like 103 degrees. Like I had to go outside for a little bit. I remember that night. Ryan rubbed my back. I mean, speaking of Ryan, what company is he with again? Provision Data Solutions. And Chris is wearing a Provision shirt. Look at that. If we were a live, he's completely sold out. You could. (laughs) We need to start doing visual. We, yeah, we could make that a subscription. If you subscribe to our live feed, you can watch us record. Which Do we have the technical capacity yeah. for that. Probably Only not. fans. Probably not. Only um, fans. There <laughs> would, <laughs> uh, I had to close my OnlyFans account. Um, the only thing is, it would have to be like an eighteen plus age requirement because the way Corey cusses before the show and the topics that he brings up before the show. It clean yeah, up. But that wouldn't be part of it. All right. That's that's like that. There's another betrayal. Like, that like was like room. yeah. That was like locker room talk. Yeah, well, like you don't. I didn't say yeah. what you were. Players talking. are in the locker room. The coach is talking. The players don't come out and be like, "Hey, coach just said this." Another betrayal. I was betrayed I didn't by Chris. Say what now, you said. <laughs> you you said some pretty colorful things and descriptive things. Usually, like, court cusses until I show up. Yeah, and then you just blush. Um, so let's hit our socials real quick on Twitter, K12 Tech Talk Pod. Send us a tweet, email, give us some feedback. Tell us what you want us to talk about, what you don't want us to talk about. Corey's dietary uh, information, if you want to hear more about that. 
K12 Tech Talk at gmail.com. Uh, share us with your friends, with your coworkers, with your boss, like that one guy did. Um, and uh, hey, we did have an email. Oh, we did? Awesome. Hit it. Yeah. Uh, Kyle said he called MSI SAC and the pen test is not free. Oh. He said, it's actually pretty expensive. Please let me know if you are somehow not getting charged and how. Hmm. I'm going to have to contact my lady again. I was going to say that maybe they changed that. But boy, I thought I thought like because they give you a form to fill out and you just check what you want. And pen test was on there. And I don't remember anything about additional fees, but maybe they've changed something. Yeah, I'll I'll email. What's her name? Michelle and Brendan is the guy, I think. So we'll find out. And we'll, I we'll, did. Hey, I did. Today, I signed up. Awesome. Did you turn on any services? Um, just I know to you get like the. Is it a weekly summary of threats and stuff? Well, sure. you got to go to their DNS. Yeah. Did you yeah, turn so on I the NDBR like we talked about? No, I'm going to debate that out a little bit. So Palo Alto, we pay for a thing already. Uh, for their like special DNS services and stuff. So, but do you get uh, reporting uh, out of that? Some. I'm gonna give the give it to my network admin to to dig into. I don't know what kind of reporting you're you're gonna get if you didn't sign up for their DNS. Right. MDBR. What do you mean by that? Explain that to me more. Well, you just said you're gonna get like a weekly report. I don't know what you're gonna get. Yeah, I guess emails of current threats that are out there. Do they send you something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do. They do, gotcha. but the, the MDBR is is which, and I guess you could still sign up for like application scanning. Sure, it, yeah, whatever your public facing stuff is. Yes, I send in my public facing IP ranges and my domain, and I, I there you go. sign up for that. So you'll you should start getting a weekly cyber hygiene report. I think that's where they s- they kind of scan your could be public and stuff. Yeah, but really MDBR is good too because then you can you can compare to us. I think our last one was like. 2.8 million uh, DNS queries in a week and what, a thousand or 2,000 malicious DNS lookups somewhere around there. Yeah. What's the thing, uh, the HSIN website? It, like, it was a Department of Homeland Security. I, I yeah. got asked a bunch of questions and now I have access to a portal. Do you, not, you guys oh, know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, that's like uh, hardened uh, for image recommendations to make a hardened image to to comply with um security standards like with windows 10 and stuff like that i i honestly haven't looked at that uh because i filled out something today so all i typed in was my name and what school i'm from and then they started asking me questions about my personal life and then i got access to this department of homeland security page and it freaked me out it's okay, Chris. It's fine. I did not tell them my cell phone number. It's okay. Because I don't want my cell phone traffic somehow linked to my job at Central. Right, because that would be bad. But did you guys do that? I'm sure I did. It was asking about like my mortgage. Really? Yeah, I said no to everything, too. Maybe it was a got, test. I think you got fish, bro. I think you went to the wrong website. Oh, no. Let's do this. We'll have Michelle. I think her name is Dur. No, that's not right. We'll have Michelle and Brendan on here, and they can talk to us more about the free offerings. Um, All I'm saying is all they knew was my name and my school, and they were asking me personal information. Which well, means uh, they already I have. A, think, well, they already have a yeah, folder they, on. You there. have to verify your identity, and they ask yes. like, 
do you have a auto loan at this bank? And like to you verify select, who you are. Yeah. But they yeah. got that based upon my employer and my name alone. Sure. Yeah. You had to have entered your social or something. No social, no, no date of birth, no phone number of a personal nature. Then Chris, you were all your information is out there. Rip. No, but then I got access. Is department spelt right? Uh, you going to some fake website? Yeah. My H sin. Yeah, I I remember the H I H S I N website. I don't really remember what the sign up process. Oh yeah, right. I have. My, yeah, I got one too. Welcome to H S I N. So yeah. I had to have done it at some point. Yeah, it was. You're okay, off the hook. Chris. It's you're okay. off the hook. But I I do recommend MDBR. Um, and maybe Palo Alto is fine, but the getting the weekly report of your DNS queries and potential malicious DNS queries is, uh, I think it's interesting. It keeps you on, on tab of what's going on. So um, we will reach out to Michelle with MS ISAC to figure out if pen testing is free or not. Yep. I've started the email already. Um, have you guys had any outages this week or anything fun and exciting? We had a print server that... I guess we accidentally applied Windows updates too. Uh, so it got one of the uh, updates that was supposed to patch against the print nightmare stuff, but instead it just broke our network printing, <laughs> which was pretty sweet. How So like, did you not know it applied the patch? Did you, do you guys Correct. do automatic? Pa- oh. I did not know it applied the patch. Oh, so but one of your guys knew. One of my guys was on. He saw that it was trying to do Windows updates. He thought that he clicked don't do windows updates obviously a windows update still happened uh, because we came in the next day and everyone many many users were not able to print they were getting access denied like kind of like you were trying to print to a printer that you know you didn't have like the security group wasn't for you or whatever uh and then you would try to connect to it and it would say it couldn't connect and it was really weird. It was it was giving like a prompt uh, asking for a username password as if computer or server wasn't a part of the domain. You That's know, like weird. that kind of prompt. Yeah. yeah, super weird. Then I logged into the print server, some quick weird message about server management or something popped up, something weird. Um, and then I tried to connect a printer a different way. Like I navigated, like opened up, I browse to the print server, right click to connect to that particular printer under a new user, gave me an error message. I Googled that and all kinds of people complaining. Really? But uninstalled the patch and life was great. I so do. So I found an article because somebody was complaining in Discord yesterday. And I found an article where Microsoft said, uh, I don't have the article in front of me, but that they were going to enforce something on September 14th. Oh, I did. Yeah. Uh, then it has to do with printing. So I assume that that patch is probably enforcing something. But like the article I read, it basically said, make sure your computers are packed. And the patch that they needed is like way back from January. And so they like they didn't say anything like, like, you know, like, hey, you're screwed. So I didn't I mean, because hmm. I assume your computers are patched since January or have the patch. Oh, yeah. So, but other people in our Discord were complaining about it as well. So something's not right. Well, I mean, either they their patch isn't right or something. Well, you know how that goes. It, Microsoft is about it is 
as about as good as Google with their feature rollouts and like the stupid age settings for Google too. Um, so interesting. So you were able to get everybody back up pretty quickly by removing that that single patch on just your print server. Yes. Didn't even need a reboot of the machines. Oh, just wow. the server. I, I don't even oh, think I had to reboot the server. The server. Okay. I rebooted it for fun. Well, yeah, I think I did get a prompt. Huh. Josh, I sent you the link to the bleeping computer article on that if you want to put that with the podcast description. I probably won't. You'll probably have to edit the description. Okay. Like I um, always do. Yep, like you always do. Um, so we we had we're we're starting to roll out MFA for Google. Um, or we're planning on rolling it out for our faculty. And we found a curious complaint. Uh, I had a our AD, actually, uh, caught me and complained that he had to two-factor every time he logged into a Chromebook. And I thought he was doing something wrong because I thought you could do the whole remember this device or trust this device, and it would rem- remember it and not prompt it like it does on a Chrome on a Windows device. Well, I went over to his office and, and watched him do it. And sure enough, every time he logs into the Chromebook, it prompted him for his MFA code. Um, so I thought something was wrong. So I ended up getting a hold of Google support. And support told me that is the intended behavior on a Chrome OS device. Now, after some troubleshooting and a few arguments with other people in a couple different forums, I found that if I, by my normal setting... We do not delete user data, you know, that setting in the admin console. Right. And we have this, there's a setting, it's a device setting, and it's something like display uh, previous show user, user. Show users' names. Show usernames and profile icons or something, or profile photos, pictures. Yeah. yeah, photos. I've got that set to never show. Well, I went in and turned that to always show, and it stopped prompting at every login on the Chromebook. Um, so if you're looking to do an MFA with Chrome OS devices, that might, I'm not going to say that's going to change it or fix it or whatever. Your mileage may vary. Um, but for me, if I toggle that setting, I can turn on or off the requirement of MFA at each log on, on a Chrome OS. So um, I'm undecided on whether or not I'm going to turn that on when we do roll this out. I don't like the idea of it. Um, I, I kind of like the idea. Well, I do like the idea of them getting prompted every time on the Chromebook, but I do see some complaints coming from that. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, uh, with that setting, but it's something interesting that I found. Buy them laptops. No, mm-hmm. I, we might, we might do that in the future. I don't, not right now. Cause these Chromebooks are brand new this year. Um, it's definitely been discussed a few times recently, but I, I can't say that I'm ready to pull the trigger on that like this year or next. Uh, we're, so, we're in the middle of moving our first building to laptops. Are you? What are like, you going to do? Literally like rolling them out like this week. What are you going to do for subs, Chromebooks? They'll get a laptop. Like they'll oh, report okay. to a room and have a laptop checked out to them really quick. Okay. So how many spare laptops are you going to have then? Five. I was going to say, <laughs> don't answer that question. Uh, we're going to see. But about ten percent ish, five to yeah. ten probably. Okay. Which, given our that ratio is not, we're, we're trying to see what the max amount of subs is typically right. that, that are in a building. We're going to accommodate it that way. We and you know that's going to be on a Friday. That just that's the track record. We have our our largest number of subs by far is on Fridays. 
Um, and that's that's been my kind of hold up with this is what do you do with subs? And I don't, Corey, was it you that said that you give them Chromebooks? Chromebooks, and then we lucked out. So our laptops use USB-C docks and like the Chromebooks, surprisingly, everything works except for smart board and like the interactive part, but like projector, sound. Wow. Like, yeah, it's crazy. I couldn't believe it. My my uh, my guy Drew actually was he he discovered it, and I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> so I like I I went to a classroom and like everything. If, as long as the Chromebook has USB C, projector works, sound works, the NIC works. It's crazy. Hmm. But we so, got super lucky. So let me ask you this: um, Does ClassLink, you know, they do rostering? Does ClassLink would they handle? substitutes like our subs in sys to where ClassLink could interface that information and auto create those accounts i wonder i think it depends on what data you have into your sys yeah yeah I was say, we don't we don't have any sub data in our in our sys yeah i don't think we do either do you want to talk about ClassLink real quick chris i sure can i thought today i would talk about their login options uh so they can do a quick card uh, they sent us one as a sample, a nice looking plastic card with a little QR yeah, code on that, it. Yeah, that that impressed the guys in my office. That that it's like a badge. It's very similar to the badges that our faculty uh, use. Uh, they have that. They can also do some facial recognition stuff, which could cause a little bit of controversy. I'm I'm just guessing. Have a parent that hates that their kids being facially scanned, but that I mean, you do that on a Windows computer or on an iPhone in regular life. Uh, so they have that. They can do facial recognition technology. Uh, Classlink can enable individuals to sign in by taking a selfie, a simple photo preloaded and verified using hmm. their technology. Then you can log in that way. That would make sense for elementary kids, I think. Right. Uh, we have kids that when they hold up their badge now, they even struggle to get the badge into the right part of the camera. So really, just have them show their face. And then they do remote login, like you do a Classlink uh, mobile app on your phone. So this will be good for uh, staff. So then like you're trying to get into whatever app, you just press let me in on your phone and it lets you in. Oh, interesting. Mm. So almost like a almost like a two-step or a multi-factor authentication yep. process. Interesting. Check out classlink.com. If you talk to them, mention the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Yeah. Speaking they- of... Um, well, the the taking of pictures and stuff just brought something that we just recently did. We signed up for Hall Pass. Oh yeah, we like have that visitor too. visitor management system. We actually oh got that set up last week. Um, Hall Pass I mean, dot app, right? No, it's like Hall Pass ID dot com. Oh, something yeah. like that. No, we're not a sponsor of the show, uh, but they do like. Like they gave us a scanner, and so visitor comes in. We scan their driver's license. It checks like, you know, like sexual predator database, criminal database. And you then guys are our, like Josh just talked about this at a tech meeting, but it's something different, we're right, doing Josh? Raptor. Yeah, I actually yeah. start. I started our hardware for our scanners for Raptor showed up today. Um, and then if they're approved, like they gave us this little badge printer as well, yep. and then it spits out a badge, and it just is a sticker. Yep. Stick it on their shirt and then they're good to go. Uh, it does like it will interface with cysts. And so you could like upload your kids. And that way, if you they go on a uh, um, field trip, 
uh, teacher can pull up the website from their phone and like check in kids as like they're getting on the bus to make sure all their kids are accounted for. So it seems pretty cool. It it worked decently well. I had to call tech support once uh, because I couldn't get the hardware to light up, but they were great. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, we're doing uh, very similar things with Raptor. Neither of those products are a sponsor of the show, so they just got free plugs. Um, the nice thing that Raptor does is it will let you do a mass check-in for like parties and stuff mm-hmm. as long as you have the list ahead of time. Yes. Um, sound like very sound like competitors, honestly. Yeah, they sound like yeah, exactly. No, we we bought our high school bought some electronic hall pass app for the students. Um, this summer and they, they rolled it out this fall and they really, really like it. Mm. Um, I can't think, I want to say it's hall pass, but that's not right. Um, you guys, how, how do you handle or what's the process for, um, filter changes or filter request of filter changes from students in your district? How does, how does that work? Like, so is the student giving the request or yeah. is the teacher no what's the, the scenario you want to play out so i got an email from a student the this week monday or tuesday i don't remember which wanting pinterest unblocked um and she had this whole list of reasons why pinterest needed to be un- unblocked um i told her to go talk to the principal and he can he'll talk to me if he wants to allow it but what's what's you guys do you have an established process for a student to request a site to be unblocked for us, for elementary and middle school, any emails I would get, I tell them to talk to a teacher or the principal, and we only let the requests come from an adult. Uh, high school kids, we have an email address. Uh, it's called Bug Bounty or something. Uh, if they will report like bugs that they think they're finding, uh, like we used to have kids that would mouth like how we set up you know, user settings or Chromebook settings. And we would let them use that as their, as their way to voice something. But that's also where they can send a a request for a website to be unblocked. But I usually look up why it's blocked. And then if I think it could be something that could be unblocked, uh, we get the principal involved uh, and go from there. Corey. Uh, Mine's a much more hard stance. Like I don't like, I don't ever reply to student emails ever. Uh, and like the policy, the block page says like staff, if you think this website needs to be allowed, email me and then I'll look at it. And then it says students, please see your classroom teacher about getting the, a website unblocked. Uh, it's been super rare that a student has emailed me to want something allowed. And I know I don't ever reply. Yeah. I, I can't say it happens a lot. This, this one just kind of caught me. This week, it's uh, the first one I've had in recent times. So um, we've just, talked about those. I call them the TSIs, my tech support intern kids. Yeah, they are they are more the demographic than any other that they feel like they have a relationship with me where they can shoot me a email. Sure. Yeah. But I had two where I let them tell me like they could banter with me on why things should be unblocked. Uh, so uh, we allow Spotify at the high school level. Uh, and that came from banter and this kid did some research proving that listening to music can help you learn and all that stuff. Uh, so then we proposed that to the principal. He was cool with it. I was cool with it. So we let it go. So then middle school kids, this was just talked about middle school kids. No Spotify is blocked, but that when you get to high school, you get access. Hmm. So then it kind of makes, you know, makes them want high school or whatever, you know, 
whenever one, because we used to allow both, and then we found out one of them, and I can't remember which one it is, you have to make an account to use, and kids were starting to use their school account to sign up for the service, and we didn't want, like, like you know, I don't know if I would be upset if I found out my daughter used a school account to sign up for Spotify or Pandora, whichever one it was. I, I don't remember it, which. I think it's. I don't remember which one it is. Uh, so then uh, I voiced that at an admin meeting and let the, the let the administrators decide. I just said, "Hey, kids are using their and they nixed whichever one that is, and we allow the other one." I want to say it's Spotify, so we block right. Spotify and we allow Pandora for high school kids. Hmm. But you guys also allow Disney Plus, right? No. Oh, no. Netflix? No. Yes. For kids? In general. Oh, no. Mine's staff only. Ditto. But we don't support it. How often are they blocking you? Often. Really? Every so often. I mean, not bad. They might go months without any issues, and then it'll be a week or two where teachers... As far as I know... We've never got Netflix blocked, as far as I know, and I think I and I think I would know. We just had Disney Plus issues. I thought you just said you don't allow it. Teachers can. Um, so you lied. We allow it, but we don't support it. Isn't allowing supporting? No. No. I've never worked on a Disney Plus issue in my life, hmm. except at home. Right, because it does mess up on my smart TV. We do allow, so we all teachers have laptops, and the majority of them do take them home. We allow Disney Plus to work through the filter when they take when the laptop leaves our network. Because so the if they had a hotspot in their classroom, called, on their phone, could... like off campus settings. So it, it, it is that is the only website we do that for too. So if it's they nice connected their hotspot on their phone at, while at school, they could watch Disney. Yeah, but then they could do any website. So what are you talking about? No, well, no, but the, your the filter, filter, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, filter. If you have uh, Nagios running as a uh, utility on your network, there was a release today or an update today. Uh, there's a pretty significant vulnerability, I think, and you need to patch it right away. So that's You guys your... are killing me. And there was that B-Center one I yesterday. Know. Yeah, yeah. Are you I not was running a 9.0. A 9.8 out of 10. Ooh. For what version of vCenter? Oh. Oh, wow. A-L-L. I patched yesterday. It took 20 minutes start to finish. Did it. Chris, you're not running Nagios, are you? No. I didn't think so. But, um, Go ahead. Corey's, I mean, but I just, I just kicked, I just kicked the can on that. They won't <laughs> come after me, right? Sure. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did like it, like they, they did say it, it is over four, four, three. So it's, but they said like, of course they would need access to your network already. And then, you know, we have four, four, three block to V center anyways through a ACL, but, but they said like, you know, it's, it's legit. I mean, in a nine dot eight out of 10, it doesn't get much worse than that. Yeah. Well, it could be nice. Luckily it's just V center. So you ain't gonna worry about the host. Right. Or anything like that. It's just a vCenter update. And it's probably just a like you said, an update, not a like a whole revision change. Yeah, no. It's like yeah, it's it's called update C. Gotcha. Like update B was that was the most current. I let uh uh listener Bill uh patch first to make sure it went all right. Bill b- listener Bill is like uh the vCenter or VMware guru. Man. I mean he he's one of those guys like patch. Yeah. It's like it's like a 
11 o'clock on a Wednesday, go time. Yeah. So I, yeah. I tagged him in Discord, like, hey, Bill, update. And like, legit, his next reply was a screenshot of him, <laughs> like his install progress. Huh. Um, I haven't heard anything from Aruba in the last couple of days of you guys. I'm assuming we're still in the same holding pattern for. It could be in the doghouse. I just ordered uh, over 100 Aruba access points today? Like, uh, today. For what? Hey, this would be good. Let's timestamp this. What? What? What did you order a hundred access points for? E rate funding. You did your E rate already? I hadn't placed the order. I'm getting in line, boys. Oh Wait, you, your order for for last year? Yeah, or just for this got, current year. Yeah, I just got approval like a little bit ago. Oh my! <laughs> go- oh my goodness! <laughs> You poor son of a gun. It's going to be 2023. <laughs> I got, let's see. I got 14, no, 14, like 3505s coming. Well, 9515s. They're ordered. Four, five, 35s. Wow. They're, they're ordered. They're not coming. We we placed ours back in April. I went almost all 505s. Provision told me like, like, they said, unless you just want to spend more money, that uh, the, the 505s are, are like, that's what actually Aruba calls their classroom thing. So, which I mean, I have the 15 series that are super old yeah. before. So I, I'm interested to see how they work. But I forget now why we bumped 14 down to 505s. But because I was going to order all 515s. And uh, somebody at Provision, Ryan, Derek, Jeff, somebody said, hey, you if these are for classrooms, you should just get 505s. And maybe they knew that that inventory was crunched and they thought I might get my 505s quicker. And that's why they told me. So whatever. Yeah, we ordered all 515s. So it'll be I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers since I got my central licenses last week that mine are coming, but I'm not holding my breath. Captain's log. September. 2021 placed order to provision data solutions for 100 plus access points. Speaking of E-rate, I, uh, I met with my superintendent today and we've decided to go for some stuff through ECF. There you go. Uh, teacher or that aren't scheduled to be replaced until the summer. You need to get yourself some better internet at your house. Am I, am I cutting out? Yeah. You did. Yeah. What'd you What'd just you say? My, uh, um, it, it, here, hold on. <laughs> um, oh, the last the, time he cut the, the video off, he went somewhere. Yeah, I'm shirtless now. Um, <laughs> what are you going what did for? I say? What, funds? What yeah, you going yeah, for? yeah. So uh, a building, uh, our elementary's teacher laptops were scheduled to be replaced this summer. So I told him, I'm like, I think elementary per per a neighboring school district, uh, somebody in this chat, I think teacher laptops might work. It will just have to get them early. And I said, but we could save 400 bucks a pop on them. And he's like, Jackpot. let's do it. So I, uh, we're going to buy that building's worth of laptops through ECF. I talked to the vendor today. They will do the uh, SPI. Is that right? SPI? SPI. SPI. Yeah. SPI. They do all that for me. They'll like they quote me with the discount off, and then it'll be their responsibility to go get that four hundred bucks. So I feel decent. 
you guys you guys do SPI with E rate, right? You don't do bear. We usually bear. Oh, do I you mean, really? We yeah, they West County's always done bear. Uh, so charter not are not our internet. That's right. That's right, SPI. Right. But yeah, we normally like the like all this stuff that I bought from Provision, we bared it all. Like we've already like I got tens of thousands of dollars of switches sitting in my office floor that we've already paid for. Hmm. We normally if we get the FCDL in time to place the order, I'll I'll do SPI. And I've talked there. I've talked to like Ryan before. Uh I talked to the our laptop vendor today and like it's really preference. They said like Ryan said I don't care what you do. It's really yeah. like whatever you want to do. And like I guess if like my district has the funds in the balance, so it's always you know because like, once I get the approval letter, I think that's a hundred percent gold. So it's like all right, let's yeah. pay for it and we'll get the money back later. Now I understand like if you're if if the district is tied on cash, or you know you you just have that men, that mentality of no, we're not gonna we're not gonna pay for it till we get it. Blah blah blah. And I completely understand that too. Yeah, I think early on when Category Two got was redone, what was that five six years ago? They had so much, uh, so many applications. People were waiting forever for SPI or for their FCDLs. So people went ahead and, and bared it. You know, they they paid up front and then filed for the bear later on. Um, but to me, it's just easier that I'm I'm doing one thing. You know, I get my FCDL. I tell my vendor, you're you're going to file for reimbursement, not me. And that way I don't have to worry about what is that uh, 480 or 4 486 486 No, you got to file 486 no, no matter what. 4 um, 492 something 491. like that. 491 Yeah, whatever the bear form number is. Um and then you got cuz then you have to verify your bank account information and yada, yep. yada, yeah. Yeah, you for sure have to do all that. Yes, and then cuz they only operate over direct deposit now. Right. Yeah. So that that's that's the why bear I like. is the 472. Is it? The uh, I see. I said 492. I was close. Um, but yeah, it to me, it's just easier to let the if the vendor is willing to do that, though all of that stuff, it's just easier to do. Let them do it. it yeah, and it, it probably and it's less headache for the district. I I mean, I get it. Right. Um, how often do you guys get calls from the police about a stolen Chromebook? Have you ever had that? I had I had a good one this week. I had one this week too. I had I got a, I got a stolen Chromebook, and then I'm speaking with the mother, and then the father calls because he works for the sheriff's department. So he he was basically writing his own police report. Interesting. Yeah. Is that your story? That's it. Yeah, I was expecting more than that. Yeah, me too. The Chromebook is gone. Yeah, I got a call. If you used uh, if you use light speeds. Uh, device detective you actually could have, i'll look that up in real time it. let's see if there's been any movement are yeah. you using are you using that device detective uh no <laughs> <laughs> but in, you know in google admin you can see if it's been attempted to be turned right on and stuff. so light speed uh our content filter um chris and i content filter they have a a product that is included it's not an additional cost they call device detective and they walk you through steps to create like a Google a Google admin OU. And then if you move a Chromebook to that OU, it autos installs the device detective extension and then locks it. And then all they see on the screen is like, this device is reported lost or stolen. Please return it. It puts it in kiosk mode so they can't do anything else with it. And then it reports its GPS location. 
so that you know like the last time that device was enabled or, or turned on like where it was yeah uh, and it does work we've caught not caught but we've had a couple of instances where devices have shown up that we thought were missing we we have securely and it it does the same thing it is a paid add-on um mm-hmm. but i this device that was stolen this week it was uh it was a weird story. The car was broken into. They got the garage door opener. They opened the garage and took stuff out of the garage um, and apparently took off with a kid's backpack that had a Chromebook in it. Um, but as of this morning, that device has not been turned on. So Same my last here. reporting date is uh, when he when it was at school, I guess, Wednesday, Thursday. No, Same here. Tuesday. But, Chris, didn't you have one that, like, was stolen or lost and you got it back in the mail from some weird organization we've had a couple of ones over the years we had one where like it was gone for over a year and then it was like this like like a veterans it was like this place that accepts donations that they repurpose stuff couches computers whatever to give to veterans or disabled veterans or something and they got this chromebook and it ended up being ours super weird and they had taken the person that stole it had taken the Chromebook apart and disconnected the Wi-Fi, but then, you know, like, okay, cool Chromebook, bro. So then they called us and we (laughs) retrieved it. But then, yeah, then we had one that was, what was that story? We had one that was stolen. What did you just say? Ours was stolen out of a garage. Like they broke into the car that was parked on the street to get the garage door opener. They opened the garage got into cars that were in the garage and took the backpack out of there. Yes. We had one that this house got foreclosed on. This guy bought all the computers that were in the house. It was a particular lot. And like two or three of those were our Chromebooks. Huh? So then he had ended. I mean, he purchased stolen property. So then I had to send him a shipping label cause he lived out of state or something. And then he had to send me the Chromebooks. Wow, that's weird. So yeah, that was just a weird story. Like, and I felt bad because he was just out of money, right? And he did the right thing by like he contacted me, right? Because he was hoping I would, uh, you know, get him out of my management. Oh, that's why he was contacting me. Yeah, but I said, I said no, bro. Sorry, dude. Can you send those back, please? But he didn't. He was super nice. Well, that's really all I have for this week. You guys have anything else to cover this week? Did Corey get up? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He's like replacing light bulbs. (laughs) Look at him. We do want to thank somethingcool.com for being a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. If you have any networking needs or server needs, uh, make sure that you reach out to Jeremy Porter, sales at somethingcool.com. Yeah, and if if you end up contacting any one of our sponsors, something cool, Aruba, uh, Provision, Classlink, make sure you say my name first. Make sure you tell them that you heard about them from this podcast because without their advertising, uh, I'm not sure Corey would be here because he uh, he's got to get paid for sure. So, like every day, my time becomes more valuable. That's true. You're, you're becoming harder to work with, too. Dude, we're busy. We're busy. I mean, Corey, you got anything I'm else? replacing light bulbs. I'm maintenance. <laughs> you're maintenance there. You got any other topics, Corey? 
Um, I don't think so. All right. Well, gentlemen, uh, I guess that was an episode, episode 44. Again, our socials, Twitter, at K12TechTalkPod. Our Gmail address, K12TechTalk at gmail.com. Share us with your professional organizations, your conferences. If you go to a conference, uh, if you're heading to a conference and you want to put out a bunch of stickers, uh, shoot us an email and Chris will send you some stickers to hand out at the podcast or at your uh, conference. Uh, Chris and I found out that the conference, the Kaseya conference in Vegas, yeah. Nick Offerman is our, our day two speaker. Oh, that's cool. I know. You got to see if you and can interview him. And then he's taking us to dinner. Oh, really? Huh? You got to see if you can interview yeah. him for the podcast. Yeah, after dinner. All right. Anything else? <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. Bye-bye.